Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that discusses every John Hyatt song from A to Z. So if you're wondering why we haven't talked to your favorites <laughs> yet, that's why. Uh, my good friend Sylvan and I are here. We are smelling roses that we hope don't smell like death. How you doing Absolutely. tonight, Sylvan? I am so excited, Jesse. Yes. It's like we've only just started, but it feels like, you know, I've been waiting to discuss uh, this song forever. And uh, yeah, it, it was so much fun doing our uh, preparation of listening over and over. And uh, there's so many live versions and the studio version is the definition of a legendary uh, John Hyatt song. There's so much to get into. Um, yeah. I'm going to be fangirling out. Sorry if any of the listeners were That's, tuning in for a nice, calm, you know, NPR style <laughs> discussion. You're going to get full on raving Sylvan tonight. So what I think is I have, by the way, I have not, we have not gotten feedback from anyone. In fact, uh, about our episode links no one has said hey why are they so short but if in the back of your mind you're going wow they they keep it about 20 25 minutes that may not happen tonight it might not <laughs> all right so we are talking alone in the dark alone so the why dark. don't you give us just the facts just the facts well this is track number two on John Hyatt's Bring the Family. And there are so many facts to talk about with Bring the Family. I, I have to encourage everyone who hasn't yet gotten uh, Michael Elliott's book, Have a Little Faith, to get it. He has an entire chapter on Bring the Family. And I read it before this episode. And I was like, oh, I want to talk about, oh, I want to talk about that. Oh, and th there's just too much. But and keeping it to the facts, that album the entire 10 track album was recorded in four days from february 17th to february 20th 1987 it features legendary musicians nick lowe rykuter and jim keltner it was produced by john shilu who oh th again there's just so much to talk about um this is something that has happened multiple times in John's career that he had been dropped by a record album, wasn't sure what he was going to do and was approached by someone who had the faith in John saw the potential and um, 
One of my favorite quotes that I've ever read is the Rocky Mountain News uh, quoted uh, John as saying that uh, John Chilo said he could fart in a bathtub and they would put it out, <laughs> which I just love. And I think that's what John Hyatt needs is someone to just like put their hands off and not say we want it to sound this way or that way. Yeah, um, I agree. So as I said, uh, it was recorded over four days in February of 1987. It was released May 29th, 1987. It was also um, re-released as a special gold CD in 1994. I don't know if any of our listeners remember those days where CD was like the ultimate way to consume music. And then we got into like, oh, but if you put it on these semi-precious metals it sounds even better so um well worth it anyway um i I have i forgotten i do not remember that though i am old enough to remember picture discs the the albums that were the cover of of the album was actually on the disc so yes um so just a couple more about again please go ahead and pick up uh Michael Elliott's book, read the whole chapter and bring the family. But what I found interesting is that um, aside from uh, the producer, John Shilu, uh, another driving force behind getting this album actually recorded was the publisher, Bug Music. They kind of set John up. Uh, Damon Records in the UK was the first to release it. And it was only released in the UK. And then they went out to shop it. Uh, this is also about the time that John started working with uh, Ken Levitin as his producer, who is, or I'm sorry, his manager, still his manager today. Goodness, if anyone out there knows Ken Levitin and um, could, you know, send a link or whatever, all I want to do is just say to that man, thank you so much, because that has definitely been a great relationship for John and we have had decades worth of fantastic music because of that partnership. So thank you so much. Um, It was after it was released for Damon records in the UK that A&M went into a bidding war. And uh, many would say that John's albums that were released on A&M records were kind of the best of his career. That there's certainly plenty of room to argue on that. Um, but it was a, a long partnership that was very fruitful. And uh, I did go out looking for covers. I didn't find a lot. There are, you know, many covers from the Bring the Family album of various artists recording the song. There was a band called Incredible Pack from Germany that released it on an album they called Packed in Blue in 2020. So if you want kind of a a German blues band covering John Hyatt, I I listened to it on YouTube today and it was really interesting. Oh, I bet. And also Tracy Nelson, who we know is the very first person to record any of John's songs, actually put this out as a part of a special tribute uh, to bring the family, which was released in September 2019, which I did not know about before I went searching for facts about uh, Alone in the Dark, and I'm definitely going to be hunting that down and finding it. So, oh yeah, I I want that link too. <laughs> yeah. Just recently, hold on. Mm-hmm. 
I felt a sneeze coming. Make a note. Uh, yes. Though the other day I forgot to make a note and uh, shout out to Michael Blanchard. Hey, did you mean to edit this out? Oh, oh shit. Thank you, Ed. Yeah. So I, I will remember. Well, now definitely edit that out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, on Twitter, someone uh, said, what is the best three album run of an artist hmm. and obviously a lot of bruce fans gave a lot of bruce uh you know album runs and and certainly i think you could make the argument that you know born to run darkness and the river are three great albums but i said bring the family slow turning and stolen moments i think i think is worth is in the discussion i think it is you are not uh doing overly hype to say that do you agree i i yeah definitely preaching to the choir here jesse um it's often referred to as the recovery trilogy yeah and um yeah i mean what's funny is they're very different albums and they also work so perfectly together as a trilogy and so many great songs and yeah also each one is greater than the sum of its parts they're those classic albums that you do want to listen to from track one to the end because they take you on a journey they're masterfully made but the songwriting is second to none even amongst john hyatt's impressive catalog i told you i'd be fangirling out this thing no no no. and i think it's just so exciting i think when you throw in perfectly good guitar you know you've got four aces yeah, uh, you know, um, and if speaking of aces up your sleeve, right? So yeah, I, I am I am ecstatic that we are finally that finally you know early in our journey we are getting, you know, as you mentioned, one of the trilogy songs. Yes. So that's that that is amazing. Um, yeah. So I uh, we've talked about this before, but um, you know we were huge John Hyatt fans because of Slugline and our friendship. And I remember loving riding with the King. It still has a special place in my heart. Thought warming up to the age was okay. You know, it, it, you know, um, love the usual. And, and I love that Dylan did a cover of the usual, but I remember when we got bring the family and we put it on the turntable it was like I'm getting chilled. It was like, oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! It's it's like you to put a sports analogy right. It's you you've always had someone have potential, and all of a sudden they have this breakout game, and yeah. you like, I knew they had it in them, and it was just something, just something special. I'm so glad that uh, you got to share that experience uh, with your partner, and thank yeah. you so much for sharing that perspective because so many people also say that this is when they first came on board the john hyatt train yes this album got a lot more radio play than any of his previous um so that's so fun that you had that experience of oh my gosh this is something different from this person that i've been familiar with before yeah absolutely all right uh before we get into it i think we got feedback didn't we we did uh my wonderful friend Jurgen Feldman who has the perfectly good cigar uh 
website in Germany and has been the host um, of so much great information on the internet and going back to the email days of Shada Rhythm, a great friend and great lover of John's music, had a lot of fun things to uh, share. So um, he sent a couple of emails and I asked his permission to read a couple of them. So I'm just going to kind of pick out some of his words. And I think he writes perfect English. He was a little uh, self-conscious about that. And I know it's 10 times better than any language I had studied in high school. So exactly. Yes. Uh, He was talking about actually the first time that he heard uh, bring the family and I'll let just let his words speak. Um, My wife and I went to Berlin, West Berlin, because of the time it was for a new job in November, 1998. And I had a chance to see John and the Goners live on stage in Germany for the very first time. I'll never forget, but I expected Lowe, Cooter, and Keltner on stage, and there were these three guys I didn't know, all from Louisiana. I didn't understand all of John's words, but this show was so amazing. Pause, Sylvan aside, so jealous, Jurgen. But oh yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> um, focus more on the slide guitar player Sonny Landruth than Hyatt at times, but John was two meters away from me when he did have a little faith in me on piano. Goosebumps. And John was sweating a lot. It was the encore. I don't know all the songs, but John played five shows in Germany promoting Slow Turning. Uh, Jürgen says, I started studying his songs and Alone in the Dark became a favorite. The instrument so powerful, a powerful slide by Rye, Low and Keltner, the backbone of the song. And years later, sometime in 1996 or so, I had plans to create a fan site, got access to the internet and started a German version of my Hyatt collection. Fans from the US, Australia, the Netherlands, and even a guy in New Zealand recommended that be translated into English. And he began to study John's biography. And like many of us, Jurgen kind of saw the truth of these uh, metaphors that John puts out in his songs. Um, Jurgen shared that there is a phrase in German I'm going to mispronounce it. As I said, I'm a dumb American. I don't speak any other languages. Still on striptease, which is a way of saying putting your inside out or letting your soul striptease, your, your soul uh, bear. And Jurgen rightly points out that Alone in the Dark is his soul on striptease, which also uh, transitions so nicely to a pretty famous cinematic moment that used this song quite effectively and i uh will now quote a famous woman uh jamie lee curtis who shared that she was getting ready for a uh striptease in a comedy action film called true lies and the director said is there a particular song that you would like And she personally picked out Alone in the Dark because she thought it was sultry and really fun to kind of move to. So she had four days of rehearsal. And if you've seen the movie, it's the perfect mix of sexiness and you're going to laugh at least a couple of times. I actually um, was about 15 when that movie came out and I had my first boyfriend and I was really excited because the uh, DJ of the 
radio station said, you got to see this movie. There's a great John Hyatt song in this movie. And that's all he said. So I had no idea what to expect. (laughs) And then I'm sitting there as a 15 year old with my first boyfriend sitting next to me watching, you know, what I know is a song about overcoming alcoholism and, you know, pain and suffering. And here's Jamie Lee Curtis with half her clothes on. And I was like, oh my God, this is not what I was expecting. But it definitely made its mark in cinema history. It's actually parodied, I believe, in The Family Guy, where they don't play John High in the background, but you can tell that the Easter eggy producers of that show tried to get a song that sounded pretty much like Alone in the Dark for uh, Lois to strip tease for something else. Anyway, that's a big old tangent, but the song made its mark on pop culture. And thank you, Jamie Lee Curtis, for loving the song and giving us that lovely moment. So I have a I have had a massive crush on Jamie Lee Curtis since Trading Places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Stephen King once said that the best part of the slasher gory films was it gave us Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh. Um, so, um, 1994, um, I am going to see True Lives with my six year old son. So Chris Jackson, who is now 32, but Chris uh, went with me and uh, we're watching this fun movie and all this joke and laughter. And this scene comes up and I'm feeling uncomfortable. And then when I shared that, people brought up the fact that why does that make you uncomfortable? But watching hundreds of people get killed and bullets going wherever, not make you you know feel comfortable with your kid which i think is classic i think that is a valid feedback but Mm -hmm. yes and i now um i now need to send chris um a link to this and say do you remember seeing this movie in the movie theater uh yes it is um I, i it is an iconic use of and it was so cool because one um, as I said, I adore Jamie Lee Curtis. And two, anytime we got John Hyatt in in major like public domain, right. any other like you like when you the you know whether it's the this hockey movie or something pre right? Napster. This is pre file sharing where when yeah. you love an artist, you can just yeah. send a song out. We were reliant on yeah. and, commercial radio. and soundtracks and the idea that someone else because because john and in many ways you still feel like he is this wonderful gem that just never ever exploded the way he should he deserved Uh, yes and and so when you hear that it was amazing so yes and i'm I am very jealous of seeing him. I did see him as we talked about um, right around right after bring the family. We had, we had moved to Dallas and we did see him alone and solo. And I do, you know, I remember seeing him play, have a little faith on me and the, the electronic piano and him going back and forth to uh, you know, um, yeah, yeah. And everything. Yeah. So, yeah. 
And and yeah. then the audience started trying to out like play it. I killed an ant with my guitar, <laughs> you know, like trying to figure out the most obscure to try to show that, you know, John's just looking at him like, look, yeah, as if I am going to play. So I yeah. feel seen. I've been that person. But yes, yeah. uh, no, 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 there's <laughs> nothing at all. There's nothing yeah, wrong with that at all. That's and um, there are a lot of live versions of Alone in the Dark out there. Um, I was trying to remember which tour it was, but there was one that was really effective that he started the set walking out just with an acoustic guitar, played Alone in the Dark. And then as soon as the last note was just kind of shimmering over the audience, he said, let me introduce the band. And then they all came out and started oh, rocking cool. it out. Yeah, it was really cool. And um, not without a lot of searching, you can find uh, many different backing bands uh, do this song and solo versions. And I got to say that that also, to me, talks to the strength of this song musically as well as I'm sure we're going to get into the lyrics very quickly that um, it really seems malleable. It works so well for so many different styles. I mean, when you're starting with Nick Lowe and Ry Cooter, you think, can anyone fill those shoes and have it sound decent? And the answer is resoundingly yes. It sounds great. And, you know, we have talked about this early in our journey that one of our shortcomings is neither one of us are musicians. So we can't mm -hmm. give John justice to the way he designs the song. But I do love this as I was listening to it on repeat today. The 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 transition of the song it is in one kind of mode and scene and then kind of it changes a little bit toward the end and and it 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 brings you on that journey uh yeah. just truly truly and you know you go back to let's think about it right you you go okay well putting it in memphis in the meantime oh this is a really this is a fun song. This is a cute song, you know, and then you go right into Alone in the Dark and you are like, wow, OK, this is we're doing something different here. It was really, really well done. All right. Yeah. So I, anything else or need to get into it? Let's get into it. All right. Um, let's get it. Yeah. Um, go. I'll okay. let you go first. Well, I was just going to say, like. If you were trying to explain to someone, like, you don't even have the elevator ride, you have a tweet of saying how great a song this is, it would be hard to pick out the best lyrics because it, it, from the first line, it's a lonely picture of an empty glass. It's a still life study of a drunken ass. Boom, you have got a striking image and you know that there's more than just what we're looking at here it's it's deep it's powerful um and it's so insightful in the human condition uh it's extreme self-pity and frozen fear because i want you with me and you're not here so i rub my nose in it babe till the roses smell just like death yeah and so one of the things I do to get ready is I study the lyrics and I 
you know, I grab a little piece of lyric and I twist that around for our introduction. That's one of the things that I've started doing. And there were so many thoughts. I'm like, you know, here's Sylvan and I having whiskey breath, you know, you know, you know, uh, and Sylvan and I are hauling, howling at the moon. Um, and you could go even further, right? He says of a drunken ass and he howls at the moon, hoping the sun doesn't come up too fast. Right. He doesn't want that daylight. He doesn't want, you know, the sun will come up tomorrow. Things will be better in the morning. You know, when the sunlight will, the sunlight disinfects the gloom. And he doesn't want that. No. I'm alone he, in the dark and I'm, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Rubbing the nose in the death and enjoying yeah. that, you know, desperation and, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so if you were really playing with this, the, the chorus is very simple. Um, pretty much I'm all alone in the dark three times alone on my knees at last. Um, it can be a call that I, want someone to break my loneliness i want someone to come in and join me or it could be a stay away from me i'm all alone and i think depending on the version you're listening to and even depending on maybe the line in the song he can be saying both and you know i know that's true of a lot of people facing addiction is that they're so desperate to call out for help but they're also just feeling like they have to keep their walls up because, you know, their dysfunction is functioning until it isn't. And I also, as often when we discuss this, um, it is hard to separate John's sobriety journey mm-hmm. from his music. And, mm-hmm. um, and you could, without much of a stretch, that it's not just his partner that left him it's the relationship with alcohol the addiction has left him and he is alone in the dark now baby right and so and it's in its extreme self-pity and frozen fear because i want you with me and you're not here so is that a companion is that alcohol could be both could be either right yeah yeah absolutely or uh-huh. you know a version of himself or yes a- yeah exactly yeah yeah and you know we'll say you know the beauty of this like all great songs is it all can depend on your interpretation um yes. as i've been doing this for a long time uh when I, you know, we, I've been talking music since 2015 and it's often my guest and I will pick a song and we will have totally different thoughts of what that song means. And we're both right. Absolutely. You know, because that's the beauty of that, you know, looking at the Roshock test that is a musician song, you know, and kind of do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that's the difference between just, you know, pop bubblegum and poetry. And yes. um I I I think this song is 
brilliant poetry. Um, And it's not even like, it's deceptively simple in that he's saying exactly what he needs to say in exactly the words he needs to say. Um, The bridge, my head is spinning, baby. What went wrong? I swear to God, I tried. Just turned around one day and you were gone. Now these tears, I have to cry alone in the dark. That is almost like you could imagine someone just saying that off the cuff because I don't know what I'm thinking or whatever, but it's perfect. You you move any of those words around and it doesn't flow. It doesn't have that impact. And, you know, I swear to God, I tried just how many times have we said that? And after a relationship has gone bad and to your point, Jesse, it could be the relationship with alcohol. It could be their relationship with a person or his family or anything. And that you can put in so much effort and sometimes it just doesn't matter. It it's over. It's not working anymore. So I do not remember specifically what song, but Larry Gatlin was on Ken Burns country music documentary. And he quoted lyrics from Chris Christopherson, one of Chris Christopherson's songs. And he said, those words existed, but we didn't know how they were supposed to go together till Chris did it. Yeah. Like as and, and so I think that's right. The idea of like I the this is the way you say that. My head is spinning, baby. What went wrong? I swear to God, I tried. You know, the whole idea of uh, I'm, I promise I tried. And you wonder, is he, who's he trying to, who's he trying to convince? Right? Is it him? Is it her or the other person? And, um, and I think that's the beauty of this that, you don't know it's ambiguous did he really try and right and in his mind he did but could i tried a little bit more could i've done something a little bit else um and with a seductively blues melody that if you don't want to pay attention to the lyrics, if you just have this is, it's this very captivating tune that you kind of, and, and then when you start dipping into it, wonderful combination of music and lyrics. And um, my goodness, that's like guitar. Yeah. I mean, that is the the sound of a soul crying out in pain and for help. And um, like I think most great blues songs, it, it could be very depressing, but it it offers solace in a way. Yes. And I am certain that it has offered people solace for their dark times when they felt all alone and realized that they weren't, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I... I... I've talked to you before about at times I get bored with certain guitar solos, even oh. at a Springsteen show, uh, like prove it all night, Niels Lofgren, and by the way, drink a drink, Niels Lofgren will play this long guitar solo and he'll spin. And I'm like, let's just get on to the next right. verse, right? This is part of the song. 
this is lyrics. This is him, that cry of loneliness, that cry of despair, that cry of where do I go next? That is musically expressed in that. Very intimate. And it cries out to the listener and holds on to you. Yeah. Like, you know, someone reaching out and just grasping for a hand or Mm -hmm. wrapping your arms and saying, you know, don't let me fall into the empty glass. Um, Yeah. yeah. And, And then you go, right. Since the night you left, I just couldn't stand myself anyway. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm def- now I'm deflecting. Well, I don't, I guess you left because you know I I don't even like me anyway, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe I wasn't worthy of your love, and um, and then to sell it, right? I'm not I'm all alone in the dark now, baby. I'm alone in the dark now, baby, and I'm all alone on my knees at last. Such a powerful chorus, a powerful refrain, and he is he is bearing his soul on this, you know, of where he is at that moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's really nothing else to say. It's, it's yeah. such strong lyrics. And um, that I already talked about the slide. I would also point out that I hadn't really paid attention to the drums uh, before, but in preparing for this podcast, I really listened to it. And there's so many little change-ups, you know, yes. as we go from verse to chorus and then that bridge, that uh, it's so naturally transitioning different tempos and different little flares of things like that. And you can see that person of just like so focused on his loneliness and his sadness. And then like, hey, wait a minute, like where did this go wrong? And now I'm angry and I've got that like addicted personality anger. I'm going to fight this and then falling right back into it. It all just goes so smoothly from one to the other that you don't realize the journey that you're taking. Yeah. And so, and once again, for the audience, both Sylvan and I tend to a couple of days before the podcast, we just put the song on repeat. And like, for me personally, I, you know, I'm in my office, I'm working on schedules and spreadsheets and I've just got my headphones on and this just is playing over and over and repeat. Um, and then I will, you know, then I will listen to it staring at lyrics and talking about it and making notes. But yeah, there is that it, it's almost a curve, right? Like you're low, you're up a little bit high, and then you're back low. And the uh, just today, um, the in the sports station I listened to, there was a character um, that was fired many years ago from the sports station that he was part of because he was he was caught in addiction he was lying about it it was just a bad situation and he and his partner um the radio partners like had never it had gotten so bad that mike the one who stayed in the station i will never talk with him again and today they actually showed up on the radio station together and and um greg was talking about like you know i was so deep in my addiction i couldn't admit i was doing anything wrong i i didn't i i couldn't go to you saying 
that I needed help because I couldn't admit to myself I needed help. And right. Mike, who said, said, I was so focused on what you were doing to me in the show, I didn't have any empathy or sympathy for your struggles. And so it was very cathartic for both of them talking today. And I think that, right, I this, I swear to God, I tried, you know, I, you know, what, what, what is it? And you said it perfectly. I'm down, you get this upright like hey wait a minute and then back to wait a minute Mm -hmm. bottom line is i'm in the dark alone and uh and and this is there are albums that are famously known about themes Right, Sergeant Peppers, uh, you know, Pet Sounds, you know, other albums. And this Bring the Family is a theme. It is a journey that he is bringing you on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Bring the family. You know, yeah, we're bring all the going. Family. Absolutely. Good. All yeah. right. Any yeah. final thoughts before we give well, our just ratings? To, um, yeah. Comment on that, Jesse. Um, you know, I, I I'm sorry, I can't uh, say who it was that said it, but there was one uh, article I read about Bring the Family that said even John's most diehard supporters weren't ready for this to fall in their laps. And I think that's, uh, you know, like, again, like it's an amazing story of how the record was made um, without a record label being involved was such an amazing talent. I think I read somewhere that there was like 40 songs to choose from and they jammed them into those four days and we came up with these 10 songs. So yeah, I I think that covers the discussion. I'm ready to rate. Are you ready to rate? Yeah. And I am. And to go back to, right. This is magic. This is lightning in a bottle Mm -hmm. because when the same people got together um, and we've already talked about it, Little Village. It, it, mm-hmm. it instead of a grand slam, it was a solid double to put it in baseball yeah. terms, right? Like, you know, but you know, it's it's okay, but yeah. when you're looking at this, um, so I originally thought about this going, I would rank a Bring the Family as a five album, five out of five stars. So, is it possible for a song on a five-star album not to be a five-star song and i think if if we push ourselves to be critical and as you said we are using a john hyatt scale that where it starts at brilliant and goes to yeah yeah beyond brilliant yeah and so i originally was going to give this a four Mm mm-hmm but when, after talking to you about it and thinking about in context of where we are and we get this Memphis in the meantime, and all of a sudden we get this, I'm going to have to give it a five. I'm so glad you didn't talk yourself out of that, Jesse. I was going to be so disappointed in you. <laughs> yeah. No, this isn't just a five-star song. This is the definition of a five-star song for me. Yeah, It is brilliant, both musically and lyrically it is translatable um to many different music backgrounds it's you know if someone is unfamiliar with john hyatt 
I want to pull out an example of this is how great this guy is, I totally go for this song. And I've been thinking ever since we talked about this, one of our early episodes is I, you have a really good point. Um, I just had a friend on social media reach out to me and say, you know, Jesse, I've just never, Bruce Springsteen's never spoke to me. So why don't you give me a dozen songs that see if any of them pick me. And so I pick songs and I thought about with John Hyatt, I would no, I, I do think I want to give you an album. Yeah. I think I want you to experience this journey he's doing. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's not that I think of him as an album artist because, you know, he puts out songs. He has great songs. I mean, and we will talk about like, the songs that put his kid through college, you know, uh, was on this, but yeah, I, I, I really like that. So yeah. I, so we're both fives. Is this our first five-star song? It's our first, both of us are saying five-star song, okay, I believe. Good. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. All right. Very nice. Sylvan has the, the hard part of doing the administration. She keeps track of all the <laughs> scores. So good. Uh, yes. All right. So listeners, if you disagree, um, we want to hear from you. I don't think you'll convince us. Right. Good uh, luck. Or, or, or maybe you're going, well, you should have gone six, right? <laughs> like you should have broke your uh, rules and had but six. As we said, it's a five star scale. There is going yes. to be a one. There is going to be probably many fives, but yeah. yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, this was, this was awesome. You know, I just yes. love this talking about this so much and, you know, you and I have, we've exchanged a couple of emails and we've like, oh, I can't wait to, we're going to talk about this, talk about this. So I am so glad that we've got the first song of the trilogy. If you want to give us your thoughts, we have a email, perfectlygoodpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter. You can find our Perfectly Good Podcast on Facebook. Sylvan, how about you? I'm Sylvan Green Eyes on Twitter, and I'm the only Sylvan Groth pretty much anywhere. So you can track me down on Facebook pretty easy, too. Very nice. Yes. And a shout out to the John Hyatt Fan Facebook page. Uh, you guys have been very kind and supportive of us. Um, to pull back the curtain a little bit, uh, we've, um, you know, in uh, October, we had a whole 278 downloads. And in November, we are up to 472. So there we go. So, hey, you know, a few people are listening to us. And uh, so we want more to hear us. Please, if you know a John Hyatt fan, uh, please tell them about the podcast. Uh, Send them a link. Uh, Tell them that we'd love to have their feedback and their thoughts. And if you have a friend who isn't a John Hyatt fan and you could say, hey, you know this guy I talk about all the time? You should listen to these two people go through them because yeah. they'll give you somebody else besides me telling you should need to listen to John Hyatt. If you think I'm annoying, you should listen to these guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh, I think this is it. We got one in the books. I yes. appreciate you so much. This um, was so much fun. Yeah. Any other thought? Any final thoughts? Have a little faith, Jesse. Have a little faith, Sylvan. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Okay. Bye. Baby, we can come on home Put the cow horns back on
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.